0: Hello, beautiful boys and girls, and welcome to Storytime. I'm Cherie Hardy, and I'm so thankful that you are listening. Today, I will be reading No Small Potatoes, Junius G. Gross and His Kingdom in Kansas. This book was written by Tanya Bolden and illustrated by Don Tate. If you have a copy, feel free to just read along with me silently. But if you don't have a copy, it's quite okay. Get in a very comfortable place and just get relaxed and listen to No Small Potatoes, Junius G. Groves and His Kingdom in Kansas. One potato, two potatoes, 30, 11 million potatoes. Is that how many potatoes Junius George Groves grew? No, not 30, 11 million, not exactly, but he, Junius G, for short, he sure grew piles and piles of spuds, so many that he was crowned the Potato King, a legend known far and wide. Folks were doub- doubly amazed when they heard about Junius G's bleak beginnings in the bluegrass state. No crown, no kingdom, not an inch of ground. When baby Junius G first laid eyes on the world, he had nothing to call his own. Legally, not even himself. He was born into slavery on a plantation near Greensburg, Kentucky. Thank goodness Junius G didn't stay in slavery for long, long time. He was yet young when freedom came. That happened when America abolished slavery In 1865. Junius G. didn't stay in the bluegrass state for a long, long time either. He, in 1979, was about when he was about 20, he left taking part in an ever growing exodus, a great going out, a great going away. From Kentucky, Tennessee, and other southern states, tens of thousands of people, most country folk, And a host with youngsters in tow shook the dust from their feet. Exodusers, they were called. I worked around the planters here and there and managed to pick up a little reading and figuring in a log schoolhouse at Columbia, Kentucky, Junius G., in 1905. With hearts hugging hope, clutching dreams of bountiful lives, Exodusers went west. To the plains land was plentiful there they heard for many that place of promise was kansas the sunflower state exodusers journeyed by steamboat by train in bumpy bump ox carts in wide-wheeled wagons some of the old, keen on kansas put down roots in new towns like nicodemus others settled in or near topeka and kansas city both these birds were along the Kansas River, also known as the Kaw. As for sir Junius G., they say that he walked to Kansas more than 500 miles along the way he worked odd jobs. Junius G. ended his journey in the Great Cobb Valley, in a part of Kansas City, Kansas, bound by Oxbow Bend in the Cobb. This place was soon called Armordale. There Junius G landed a job on a potato farm for a lowly 40 cents a day. Junius G could so easily have pitied himself over his piddling pay, but he didn't. Instead, he made up his mind to just work hard. A few moons later, Junius G got a raise in pay to 75 cents a day and he kept working hard, so hard, that the man for whom he worked, J.T. Williamson, made him foreman of his farm. With that came another raise fifty more cents a day. Still, Junius G. wanted more, and not just more money. He dreamed of farming for himself. Lacking the bucks to buy some land, he did the next best thing. He rented land from J.T. Williamson. Nine acres, for use of his land, his tools, and his team, Junius G. agreed to pay J.T. with a share of the crops. Junius G. planted white potatoes on one-third of those nine acres. It was several weeks before I could get work on a farm, and when I finally did secure a place, it was almost starvation wages, 40 cents per day. This was better than being forced to roam the streets and beg, so I gladly accepted the offer determined to work my way up to better things. By keeping my eyes open, always attending to duty and doing more rather than less, that was required of me, I soon succeeded in having my wages raised. In time, Junius G. was renting 20 acres, then 66 acres, growing more and more spuds, and he kept hoping for a farm of his own. Hoping alongside him was Matilda E. Stewart, the woman he married about a year after he reached kansas just like junius g matilda e was no lazybones she didn't hiccup and holler at the hint of hard work with matilda e his steady sturdy helpmate junius g kept working hard day after day dawn to dusk come true dark the couple slept away a day's weary in a one room shack week after week junius g and matilda e put off purchasing trifles and trinkets. They only bought needful things. That way they could save up every spare dollar, dime, and nickel. Every spare penny, too. This money came from the crops they sold and from other work they did on the side, such as chopping firewood in winter to sell to townsfolk. All that working and saving up paid off. In late 1884, Junius G. had his eye on 80 acres. This land was east of Edwardsville, near the mouth of the call. Its banks lined with cottonwood trees. Junius G. and Matilda E. had saved up $2,200, but those 80 acres near Edwardsville cost $3,600. Where would the $1,400 difference come from? The wind, a cloud, some magic trees, no sir we it would come from hard work that's what junius g believed when he had when he handed over those 22 hundred bucks with it with it the promise to pay off the balance in a year right quick Junius g went to work turning those 80 acres into a real farm there was a small house to build more daunting than that was the back straining muscle taxing task of clearing the land for starters digging up umpteen tree stumps so many as to make for stepping stones up and down a field and while junius g was doing all that the top crop on his mind potatoes but could he do it could he farm hard enough to pay off the money he still owed on those 80 acres in a year if he didn't he was liable to those to lose the land and those 2200 bucks. Negative matterings of, of naysaying neighbors snaked their way to Junius G's ears. He did a dumb deal. These people humped. He would never pay off that debt in a year. They tut tutted it. When they looked into Junius G's future, those naysaying neighbors saw nothing but failure. The negative matterings, kicked up a ruckus in Junius G's head, made him sad, scared down, discouraged. It wasn't like he had only himself to worry about. There was Matilda E. What's more, the couple had three young sons by then, Charles, Walter, and Fred, stair-step kids. Maybe those neighbors were right, feared Junius G. Maybe he had dreamed too big, bitten off more than he could chew. What to do? Keep working hard, planting, plowing, tilling, healing, hoping for ripe rain, watching potato vines grow, then waiting for their blooms, keeping his courage up under searing sun in the face of hot, heavy winds. Plus, Junius G had to be ever ready to battle blister beetles, roly-polies, and other potato pests. Come harvest time, more hard work. Working, working, work, hard work. True to his word, Junius G. paid off the money he owed in a year. Once those 80 acres were really his, can you guess what Junius G. decided to do? It was pretty risky business, paying out every dollar we had saved for five years. Hard work and close living and running ourselves 1400 in debt. But we wanted a home of our own. And I knew that I should succeed much better when I was tilling soil that I could call my own. Junius G in 1900. Keep keep working hard. In time, Julius G. bought more land in the Great Caw Valley, all told, more than 500 acres a year after year. He kept working hard, so hard that in 1894, the Kansas black men called him the potato king of his country, which was Wyandotte so hard that in 1900, Indianapolis recorder hailed him the potato king of the whole sunflower state. Then in 1902, Junius G. was crowned the potato king of the world and he had grown 12,000 plus more bushels of potatoes than anybody else. How many potatoes had Junius G. George Groves grown that year? 72,150 bushels, or about 4 million pounds of spuds. Put another way, roughly 12 million potatoes. Potato man, one bushel equals about 60 pounds. One pound equals about three potatoes. I'm trying to turn the page. Okay, there we go. Junior's cheese spuds, baked boiled, fried, mashed, puffed, souped, diced for potato salad, sliced thin for chips, filled bellies around America. Loads crossed the nation's borders, traveling by train up to Canada and down to Mexico. What with Junior's cheese shipping such a multitude of spuds, a railroad company had built a special spur to his potato house. Even after all the fame, farmer Junius G. kept working hard, kept loving his rich, dark earth, likening the furrows his plows turned up to chocolate waves. While all those spuds grew year after year, so did Junius G.'s family. A dozen little grovers, groves, were born and raised to full-grown on their parents' farm. As Charles, Walter, Fred, Ora, Ida, May, Lillian, Junius G. Jr., Sylvester, Edna, John, Cornelius, and Theodore grew. they too learned the land. The hundreds of acres planted in potatoes, the parcels sown with other crops like cabbage and carrots and corn. They were fruit trees too. Over the years, the potato king grew more than a big family, more than cabbage and carrots and corn, more than fruit trees, more than potatoes. Junius G. grew jobs, hiring farmhands. Junius G. grew a park, Groves Park, and a cozy community, Groves Center, and a church, Pleasant Hill Baptist, a store that sold groceries and other goods, a golf course too. So here we were, every one of my boys, a farmer, every one of my girls married to a farmer, every man and boy of them in overalls and working hard. I want these boys and girls of mine to stay on the land. I want my children and grandchildren always to be able to stand up and say, we are part and parcel of that army of farmer, farmers which feeds America. Junius G also built bigger and bigger homes for his family. The last one was the 22-room red brick mansion. It was white stone trim, a red tile roof, and strong oak doors. A most marvelous room behind those doors was a ballroom, which doubled as a play palace when Junius G's children were young. The library was perhaps Junius G's favorite room, so full of books and booklets on every face facet of farming books and booklets he called his college along with all these acres he tilled along with all the food he grew and dawn to dusk on any given day winter spring summer fall junius g the potato king could behold his Kaw valley kingdom from the veranda of that red brick mansion with its white stone trim red tile roof and Strong Oak Doors, is castle. Wow. The end. Boys and girls, that great story was No Small Potatoes, Junius G. Groves, and His Kingdom in Kansas, written by Tanya Bolton and illustrated by Don Tate. Boys and girls, continue listening. Have a great day. Goodbye.